This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm f***ing pistol. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick and it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Alba inside. It's Messi. Yeah. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the almost world famous wide open sports cast, broadcasting to you live from our friendly confines of New Hope, Pennsylvania, on Wednesday, May 23rd of the year 2018. The time is 7 11 p.m. <laughs> I'm Fed. I'm Rick. How is everybody doing? Well, I'm the only one here, so I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, doing great. I actually have something uh, funny to tell you. Go ahead. I'm, <coughs> My voice cracked. I made a discovery. <laughs> I made a discovery. What's that? Guess which movie I saw for the first time in my 26-year existence yesterday. What's that? Top Gun. Really? I had never seen Top Gun before. Was that just kind of like a revelation that, like, wait, I never sat down and watched this? Or Yeah, literally. We were out and we had our senior trip yesterday for school, and on the way back we watched Top Gun, and I was sitting there, and I heard Danger Zone come on, and I was like, wait, I've never seen this movie before. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. Where'd you go again? We went to Pocono Valley Resort in Reeders, Pennsylvania. Hmm. So it was like a camp kind of thing, John, whatever. But it rained the entire time. Fun. The entire time. And everything was outdoors. So, yeah. I mean, beside for the indoor basketball court. But I was impressed. I went to the driving range. I was actually hitting a golf ball more than five feet. So I was very happy about that, especially hadn't hit a golf ball in probably well over a year. Uh, and did a zip line. Waited an hour and a half to zip line. Like, was it like a multiple zip line thing, like going from tree to tree, or was it just like one straight shot? One straight shot. Oh, uh, okay. Have you ever done one of those? Like, the, yeah, the multiples? No. Like you go from like tree to tree type thing? No, I've never done that. But I mean, the zip line was cool because it went like across the lake that they had. Oh, okay. That's neat. So it wasn't like a little like, okay, you're done. Like it was a good like hour, not an hour. It was an hour and a half. An hour long wait. zip line. An hour long zip line. Wee! But, old after a while. Yeah. Can I get off now? Yeah, jump in the water. But uh, it was like a minute long. So, I mean wasn't really that much going on because it was raining at least the line for the zip line was under the trees so it kept you a little dry <laughs> that sucks how about you uh dude nothing nothing's happened for me lately have you seen infinity war yet nope and i haven't Bruh. seen deadpool either oh deadpool is so good nope I, i'm so falling behind good. on my movies i um, saw it twice Last Friday, I had to chaperone our prom, and we got done setting up around 2.30, and we didn't have to be back at the prom till 6, and there I was in the middle of Freehold, and I wasn't going to drive all the way back to my apartment near Trenton just to go all the way back out there. It's like a 45-minute drive. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I'm in my car, and I'm like, geez, what am I going to do for the next three and a half hours? Dawned upon me. I was right near the Freehold AMC, went and saw Deadpool 2. But the catch here is that I was going to see it with my girlfriend the next night. Fully knowing that, I still saw the movie anyway. And then, when I got out of the movie, and she was laughing at during the um, rolling credits scene, she was like, oh my god, that was so funny. And I go, yeah, it was even better the second time. And she got pretty mad at me. <laughs> but it was all good in the end. It was really funny. She did that to me for Rogue One. We were seeing Rogue One, and she fell asleep like in the end of the movie, and I'm like bumping her like, yo, get up. And then we were walking out in the parking lot. She's like, yeah, I saw it with my dad yesterday. Nice. So we're even. Well, speaking of her, happy two year. Thank you. We'll That's be, exciting. Yeah, we will be going to Baltimore this weekend. Ooh. On a little Saturday and Sunday trip. Unfortunately, no Orioles in town. Yeah. So, you know, that stinks. But they're not that great anyway. Go, going to the aquarium? 
Yep, we're going to go to the aquarium, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, but speaking of us getting even as far as seeing movies before one another and then lying to each other about it, we have two completely even up conference finals in the NBA. I, I'm going to stop here. The NBA fin uh, conference finals have not been fun to watch. I, I'm actually going to second you on that. I think you and I have the same exact thing. Every game besides, arguably last night, Houston and Golden State's game four was arguably the first watchable game. Yeah, and I mean, it's, I mean, it wasn't that much of a blowout uh, between like uh, the Cavs and the Boston Celtics last night. Uh, but I mean, like game three of the Western Conference Finals, one twenty-six to eighty-five. Talk that about was awful. giving forty-one up. points. Talk about giving up and just being like, "Oh, we'll get them next time." I, I game three. <laughs> we'll of the get Boston. them next time in Oracle Arena. Bold strategy, caught, and let's see how it plays out for them. Even though it did play off pretty well, actually, it actually yeah. did steal the win last night. Yeah, right. But I mean. Game three for the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Cavaliers 116, Boston 86. Like, these blowouts, it, if it's going to be like this, it's not worth watching it. No. Like, like it's it's not predictable who's going to win, but it's a consistent line of they're going to win by 20-plus. And I feel like we really got away from what I said last episode when we recorded about a week or so ago. I said that these basketball playoffs and this basketball season was fun. It was. Because it was more than just Cleveland and Golden State. Now, it's looking like it probably is. Because in my honest opinion, Boston can't afford to get to Game 7. They've been riding this horse of we're undefeated at home. We haven't lost a home yet this postseason. So, say they win tonight. They're playing again tonight back in Boston. So, there you go, 3-2. Then you get LeBron in a game six in Cleveland. Who are you going to take there? Probably LeBron. And then you get Cleveland in a game seven. I don't care where the hell you're playing. You have LeBron in a game seven. Who are you taking there? Yeah, same. So Boston really, really can't afford. I think Boston's in a lot of trouble. I can't afford to say a slip up. If they lose tonight, they're done. You're not winning back to back against LeBron. At home. Especially going to have to go to Cleveland for game six. It, it's just it's not in the cards um just boston i don't know what is it with the road is it just like a hoodoo or something like that that they just can't get the victories on the road and uh, if you want to be a good team you gotta get the wins on the road especially I, I, if you're gonna beat lebron i mean it, it's it shows a lot that one they've gotten this far with the quality of team that they have right now mm -hmm. the quality's good but it could be amazing if they had Kyrie and uh, what's his name? Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward still on the on the court, but they don't have them. Like if if they had them, it would it would have been an easy shot. Just the way the way the series have been going, would have been they would have won this and been off to the finals already. Mm, scary Terry in the finals, but uh, yeah, I mean LeBron. I mean call it luck, call it just. In my opinion, the greatest basketball player ever. Like he. Ooh, so you're gonna go there. I'm gonna go there. I mean, he he's he has more of the ability to carry a team than Michael Jordan has ever had. I mean, the fact that just shows what he does for that team is he can drop forty. Shows what he does for that state. He that, is literally Cleveland's he, economy. He is their economy. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Our economy's based on LeBron James. I mean, once he once he leaves to go off to L.A. or wherever he goes to next, I mean, I'm expecting he'll be back next year. Yeah, I remember you saying that. But the year after that, I mean, he's going he's gonna to sign a one-year contract for the rest of his career, in my opinion. And why would he go west? To compete with Houston, to compete with Golden State, unless he somehow's going to one of the two of them. I mean, it's very possible. Well, but there I, are the rumbles he could be in Houston. Yeah, I, I just don't see that right at the moment. I mean, no. it'd be more it'd be more of him like living in his L.A. home type thing, mm -hmm. going playing for the Lakers. And then he's going to invite Kevin Durant out to L.A. over the summer, and then everyone's going to be watching them practice. Like, oh, LeBron's going to L.A. Here he yeah. is. Yep. And same thing over and over again. 
Same old It's like story. soccer transfer sagas all over again. Gareth Bale's been going to Manchester United for the last eight years. <laughs> Still hasn't happened. But, yeah, I definitely think Boston is in trouble. They had to get – I feel like they really, really had to get one of the two in Cleveland in games three or four. Did not. Because if you pull it out tonight, it's going to be hard to win game six. And just how can you bet – against LeBron in a game seven no matter of your home record no matter where you're playing you're not I'm not gonna say not because anything's possible but nine times out of ten you're not gonna beat LeBron in a game seven and he's been to how many NBA finals in a row lost track like six or seven it seems I like I want to say seven yeah so I mean but I've lost track I mean if statistically speaking he's going to the finals mm-hmm and now, when we're looking at Houston and Golden State, man, what does Chris Paul mean to the Rockets? The past games, that the two games they lost, he was nowhere. The two games they won, he gave support. He he caught some of that uh, that Harden juice with the defense. Dude, my God. Harden getting um, crossed up. Oh, that was dirty. Dude, adding to the 12-minute um, long James Harden defensive highlight reel. Go watch it on YouTube. It's hysterical. It's literally a 12-minute long video of him playing horrific defense. Um, but, yeah, that when Chris Paul scores the basket, they win. When he's not around, they don't win. Game one, James Harden took more dribbles than Steph... Durant and Clay Thompson combined. Hmm. Okay, I didn't read that set. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, he took more dribbles than the three of them combined. And but my thing with Houston is they're not really changing anything. Like game one, they went in, got smoked, and then game two, they just shot the ball better and they won. They did the same exact thing. So it's, you, so it's you're telling me, Dan Tony, so we're gonna shoot the ball. So you're telling me if they make the baskets, they have a better chance of winning than if they don't make the baskets. It's like what John Madden used to say: nine times out of ten, the score that the team that scores the most points is gonna win the game. Um, well, obviously, but it's just how they don't want to adjust or change anything. They're like, we're gonna go in, do typical Dan Tony basketball. Of we are going to shoot the ball, and if it goes in, they win. If they don't, they're in a lot of trouble, and they lose by 40. It's just, I, I didn't mean it as that. I just meant it as in they literally just change nothing about the way they do things. Like, no adjustments. You read about, like, Brad Stevens, who's been studying and has Marcus Morris lined up on LeBron and all these other adjustments that seems to trying to make the Rockets. So like, we don't care who it is. We're going to yeah. go shoot the ball. I don't care yeah, who I mean, you play. I still have faith in the Rockets, though. I, 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 I do. I think, I, I think Houston has a better chance of beating Golden State than Boston does of beating Cleveland. I, I agree. And if anything shows about these two series, they very well could go go to Game 7, both of them, which would be great mm-hmm. publicity for the NBA. Especially in such a lackluster conference finals. Yeah, exactly. If, it's, if teams are just going to give up at the beginning of games then it's not going to be fun to watch. If they keep doing what, like, the past two games, I mean, the Cleveland one was, like, what, 12 points, something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, nine points, only nine points difference, whereas uh, the Western Conference was three-point difference. If, th- if they stay like that, then it's going to be the good rest of the playoffs or good rest of the conference finals. But, I mean, so far these things have sucked. Yeah. And they're not fun. It's almost pre- predictable. Literally the after day the first after, the day after I said that these this whole NBA season and the playoffs have been fun and interesting, it goes back to, okay, when's Golden State, Cleveland 4? Yeah, what do right. you think are the odds we're going to get it? I think very high. I think it's better than, uh, than any other alternative right there. Yeah. I, I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland's a shoe in the win. Not so much Golden State. It like, I think the best odds are Cleveland versus Golden State. Then I would say Cleveland versus the Rockets. I I would agree with you on that. And then I would say, I would say Golden State and the Rockets, either or versus 
uh, versus uh, Boston mm-hmm. is like the least likely at this point. They're kind of like tied. It's just it's nothing to take away from Boston. Like we said, they've been doing a great job for especially how far they got. It's just the fact that you got LeBron in a game six and a game seven. The LeBron factor. You lose, you got to win two against LeBron, one on his home court. You win, you have to knock him out before you get to a game seven because we've seen the magic that LeBron has. Again, I agree with you. He's the best player in the NBA. I'm still Team Jordan. Okay. It's a debate for another day. I'm sure we can have if Cleveland if Cleveland somehow wins this finals, I still think whoever the Western Conference team is is going to win. It's something I'm going to I said at the beginning, I'm going to stand by um throughout the playoffs. I think that whoever represents the West will win. But I've doubted LeBron before. Yeah, I I'd like to see I wouldn't say I'd like to see LeBron like win again. But I mean, I I if he gets in, I'd rather not hit see him lose. Mhm. I mean, to kind of just like get that get that grace of all time closer to what it could be. So to get more people convinced. Can you imagine the off season if they don't win the finals? If they get there and they lose? Oh, he's just imagine he's, I, that off season. I, I think it'd be obviously it'd be more likely than him to lo- uh, to leave mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, it'd be a lot harder for him to stay, um, and Cleveland would just be destroyed at that point. But I win or lose, I think there's still a greater chance of him staying at this point because I feel like he doesn't really have a reason to leave when you're that much when you're that far up the chain higher like in higher command than the head coach, it seems like. You're not always going to get that everywhere else. But when you're pretty much higher in command than the head coach, then, I mean, why leave? Yeah. Why leave? Um. So, Boston-Cleveland, who wins, in, and in six or in seven? Uh, I'm going to say Cleveland wins in six. All right, I'm going to say Cleveland in seven. Houston-Golden State. I'm just going to go Houston 7. I'm going to say Houston 7 as well. Oh, yeah? So, if we're both going to go Cleveland-Houston, who wins the finals and end in how many? I don't know if I can really predict that yet. I'm my, just my... going to send it and say Houston in 7. Okay. I, I can dig that. I feel like this something is telling me for how these NBA playoffs, the conference finals, correct me if I'm wrong, sorry. The conference finals, for how boring they were, for the way this NBA season has been, I feel like the finals is going to give us something good. Yeah. Just, you know, feeling in the cosmos, whatever. But we got another winner in the NBA as the Phoenix Suns won the draft lottery. And I believe they are drafting first for the first time in franchise history. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. So that should be pretty interesting. There's a lot of good players out there. Yeah, they they didn't need to actually develop though. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean if they find that right piece and they draft correctly, who are they who who are they uh, supposed to be drafting? Do you know? Uh, there's a few names. Uh, Marvin Bagley. Oh, that yeah has okay. been thrown around there a lot. The big guy from Duke. Um, I'm trying to think of some of those other big players that have been out there. Regardless, if they the, get the, the if they get the right piece. Uh, Mo Bamba. Um, oh, yeah. DeAndre Ayton from Arizona. That's a hot pick right now. They would get Ayton from Arizona and keep him there. Ball. Um, <laughs> um, Luka Doncic, if he comes, the 19-year-old Slovenian who is playing with Real Madrid, not the Real Madrid soccer team, yeah. the basketball team. Uh, if he if he comes, apparently it's still up in the air if he is going to declare or not. He is first, first or second. Right now, the current one is DeAndre Ayton first, uh, this NBA mock draft on CBS. Um, if Luka comes, the Kings will take him secondly. Atlanta Hawks have taken a Mo Bamba from Texas. The Grizzlies taking Bagley. And then it has the Mavericks taking Jaron Jackson at fifth. I was going to cap it there, but just because he's the talk of the new Steph Curry, whatever it may be, they're saying the Orlando Magic would take Trey Young at number six. I feel like Steph Curry's like a once in a lifetime 
talent. Yeah. I mean, there may be similarities. Teams but I mean, figured out real quick, you put five guys on Trey Young. Oklahoma was terrible once they figured it out. They were like, obviously, I'm over-exaggerating, but they were like, hey, guard Trey Young. Yeah. And something tells me that they might not be able to do anything else. And they won like one game, one or two games in the last few months of the season. I mean, he still played decent. Yeah, Trey Young carried the team. He would still drop like 32-something points. But they just figured them out so quickly. And just a point of interest, this current mock draft has the Sixers taking Mikhail Bridges from Nova. Hmm. So that would Local be, boy. That would be interesting. So, that's some stuff on the NBA. You can interact with us at wideopen underscore sports on the Twitter feed. And don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well we were just sending out our links to our podcast with a few of our buddies before we started recording so that was awesome yeah but let's after that let's jump into uh some nhl the story of the year yeah definitely the first expansion team since the 1968 st louis blues to make it to the nhl final and not just the nhl final in the four major sports, only one other expansion team has made it to the finals, which was the St. Louis Blues. Now the Vegas Golden Knights have achieved this goal. They're not even finished with their one year yet. Yeah. Already. A year ago, they didn't even have a team. Already Western Conference champions going in to the Stanley Cup Finals. And which is impressive. I pray to God that they don't turn out like the St. Louis Blues, which... Yeah, I don't think it went too well for them, It's like right? a deplorable abomination now. Not yeah. not really, but they just bring so much sadness. Yeah, the, the Blues literally... Get it, St. Louis Blues? Sadness? Yeah. Um, I think that the thing... My thing with the Blues is the Blues were just that team that was always right there. They were always good. But never got it done. They were like those Sharks teams with Joe Thornton. and But not just for the entire... Well, you could argue the Sharks, too. And the Sharks are a classic example of get I to mean, the they, final and bottle it. But the that, Blues... Not really. I mean, they've only done it once. The Blues... Well, I guess like the Blues, but... I mean, well, they've, no, they've done it in, I was saying like the Sharks. How many times, too, were the Sharks like President's Trophy winners or, you know, one of the best teams in the league? N- not many times. I felt I felt like it was a lot no, more. At least no. if you go back a few more years. No, uh, I mean they were they were presents trophy winners, but it may have been only so one time. They've that's been, why they've was... been very good teams, mm-hmm. but they haven't always been tre- uh, present trophy winners. Uh, but I mean, if you're gonna compare it to that, I mean, I would say the, the Sharks, Blues are definitely. I mean, the Blues are way more of a sadness because yeah. I mean they've been there since 1968 and still haven't won a Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. I mean the Sharks. Got to what their first Stanley Cup final a few years ago with Peter DeBoer as their head coach. I mean, he's still the head coach somehow, but uh, yeah, Peter DeBoer, the specialist, and I'll take you to the Stanley Cup in my first year, and then eh. and then he does the same thing over and over again. It's pretty, it, he's pretty easy to figure out, but I mean, they've only been a franchise since the 90s, so it's not like as right, fair play as sad. I mean, they, they've had plenty of opportunities and should have probably won a couple of them, or at least one of them. Right. Maybe Not against, uh, who'd they fucking play? They play the Lightning, or the was that the one of the Penguins ones? What, the Sharks? Yeah. They're also the Penguins. Penguins, yeah. So, I mean, like... They're also the Penguins two years ago. Yes, correct. Thank you. But, I mean, that's it's still not as sad. As, okay, fair enough. And, yeah. I, and honestly, like, the Sharks... We're expansion team, and you expect what the Sharks did with the expansion team. They did horrible in their first couple of years. And then built up. Vegas Golden Knights are in the Stanley Cup Finals. Which is nearly impossible. It's been done before once in the four major American sports, NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB. No other team, no other expansion team has ever done that. Wait. What? MLS isn't a major sport? Uh, Anyway. Uh... (laughs) So, the Vegas School Knights have something to be proud of, and they needed this. The reason why the Vegas School Knights needed this 
is because in a couple years, when the Raiders leave Oakland and come to Vegas, they they would lose. They would lose that support. Oh, yeah. Tenfold. Because that's definitely going to create some big competition. It, yeah. But, I mean, if you're showing that you're a successful team, they're going to show up to your games. NFL, they can make money, and people will come to their games. Even if they're not selling out stadiums, they're going to make money. Surprisingly, the L.A. Chargers make money. But I Playing mean, in a soccer stadium that gets half filled and the other half is filled with traveling fans. Exactly. I mean, you can even you can even say their fans are traveling, but like they make money. NFL makes money. NHL, there are more risk of not making money. Example, the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, Coyotes. They they've been on the moving block for a while. They they like. they've been talking about moving them. They've been talking about this and that, but. Bring There's, back the Nordiques. Bring back the Nordiques, exactly. They've been just steady in Arizona. The NHL has actually had to buy them themselves because they couldn't have found an owner at one point where the NHL was pretty much losing money on this franchise, which is even more, going back even a couple years ago, it seemed shocking that they would even ex, like bring up the fact of expansion. They when a franchise bring, is losing money. When a franchise was losing money. Not really much anymore, but still was losing money. And you were also fresh off the curtails of the Atlanta Thrashers moving to Winnipeg because the Thrashers weren't making any money in Atlanta. Yes, but I mean, they, I mean Winnipeg, that's, that's just such an obvious Move, home like, for them. Yeah. Even though Winnipeg is a fairly small city. Dude, I, do I, you I, see the whiteouts? They're in the playoffs. Those were great. Those were good. I mean... They, they got knocked out, but, I mean, good on them for even making the conference final. And I'm very surprised that they didn't put up more of a fight. Uh, I was really expecting more from the Jets. Yes, I, I definitely was, and I I think I even said that I thought the Jets were going to win this one. I didn't think it was going to be 4-1, to one, the overall score of the games. Yeah, and especially going towards Vegas. Like, maybe you would say 4-1 Winnipeg, like, oh, it was a nice run for Vegas. They had a good run, but it ends here. Especially the way Winnipeg was playing and the way Winnipeg dispatched Nashville, who was the best team in the league this year. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. If you go, yeah, it was just, you know, going off the record. Yeah, yeah, going off precedence. Off for debate. But, yeah, I really expected a bigger fight from Winnipeg, but definitely my highlight of that series, other than the Golden Knights obviously winning and advancing, which, again, is great. Kudos to that whole city. It's phenomenal, especially all they went through. I feel like it's a Vegas is kind of in the spot where the Red Sox were after the Boston Marathon bombing, where everyone rallied behind them. Mm -hmm. Boston went on and won the World Series that year. I feel like Vegas has been running with the card of, you know, Vegas strong and look at where they are, which is great. But back to what I was saying, how great was Dusty Bufflin pulling two guys off of a pile at the same exact time and just being the enforcer of enforcers? Just like, come with me. Let's go. Dustin Bufflin is just like a is is almost like a NHL anomaly at this point, because there's not many players anymore that are both enforcer and can score and can defend Mm -hmm. like Dustin Bufflin can he is overall one one of the most complete players I mean watching him do that it it just shows one how strong he is that was hysterical I mean it was it was so funny it was so funny watching that but I mean it shows that I mean because every player now has either has like the speed and like technique it's like they have a specialty yes there's there's more there's more specialty players in the league now than there ever were and there's less hit well i wouldn't say less hitting but less enforcers in the league dustin bufflin can do all that Mm -hmm. which is incredible on him i mean it almost like him moving to winnipeg after he got traded from uh Blackhawks was almost like a revitalization of his career what do you attribute mainly to why vegas got here why they got here? I mean, I, I I'd say one one of the big things was the uh, friendly rules of the expansion draft. Um, they they made it very they made it easier not not like like an anomaly easy but they made it easier to pick pick players from certain teams that they wanted. So I would say the GM and 
like all the upper management guys did their homework on the people that they wanted. So that that was huge for them. I I think that's the biggest thing cuz they they found players and then these players where some of them were nobodies at one point and became somebodies here, which is good about expansion teams cuz every player on a team doesn't always get to show their full potential. Right. Example, John Scott, he was a enforcer in the league, but he never wanted to be an enforcer. He was kind of just a big guy that one day a coach threw out was like, hey, do you, do you think you can throw some punches? He goes, yeah, I can throw some punches, and got into a fight, and that just became his career after that. John Scott never wanted that. He wanted to be, not, not necessarily flashy, just like a good skater, good scorer, be able to do all those things. So these teams that are whole, they're in their little corner don't always let every player show their full potential. Like a couple years ago, when Kyle Palmieri was traded from Anaheim to the New Jersey Devils, he wasn't that amazing. I I wouldn't say he's amazing now. He wasn't that great with Anaheim. He's a lot better with New Jersey and New Jersey's system. Definitely. So, like, if these teams find their niches and work well with their other teammates, then I think that's what's the biggest attribute. I feel like you just described the Patriot way. (laughs) Yeah, that they, they were able to draft well that they were able to trade well and they got the pieces that they needed i mean also flory flower is gotta give it to flower he 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 is one of those things uh, like an anomaly there like it looked like he just revitalized his career yeah he went back to like you know those like early mid 2000s late 2000s flory yeah yeah like that that I mean, and that you've was not seen expected. what goaltending can do. Look at the Kings when they rode quick to their titles, especially the one against New Jersey. Yeah, he was out of control. Yeah, I mean, if if a goalie can, if you can ride a goalie to a championship, I mean, that's one thing. I wouldn't say they're nec- they're not riding Flurry. Just Flurry is playing well. Yeah, I mean, they're they're doing everything right. They're scoring. They're defending. They're blocking. They're 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 fast. I remember when I went to go visit my brother in Dallas, and we went to the Stars playing the Golden Knights, and I was like, "Wow, this Vegas team's really fun to watch." They are fun to watch too. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. is happening tonight. Starts in a little bit. Again, we are recording on Wednesday, May twenty third. Uh, game Seven will be getting soon in Tampa between the Lightning and the Capitals. Since we are recording before the game starts, this is my question. Who do you think Vegas has a better chance against, Washington or Tampa? I would say Washington. Um, Washington seems like a less complete team than Tampa does. Um, Tampa is just one of those teams that has size, skill, and goaltending. Has and like all three that factors. Depth. Yeah, and the depth. Where Washington, they have those things, but they're not as like as apparent. I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but like it's just not there right at the moment. No, where with that Tampa team, that second line is filthy. But the, I mean, this this game is going to be awesome. I 100% it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Uh I want I want Alex Ovechkin to get to the finals. He has never been there. I'm tired of hearing it. I want him to get to at least the finals. If if he gets to the finals, then honestly at that point, I don't care who wins cuz it like that those are two good stories. That would just be I think the NHL as an organization wants that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. The grade eight finally making to the NBA Finals and this expansion team in the Finals. NHL Finals. What did I say? You said NBA Finals. Did I really? Oh, whatever. Uh, NHL Finals. Like we were talking about NBA before. Yeah. I, I think that would be the better storyline. Uh, but also at the same time, to answer your question, Vegas would have a better shot of winning the Cup against Washington than Tampa. But I think Tampa's winning tonight. Okay. I... Uh, they even in their losses they didn't they've never looked horrible they i can't recall one time watching this playoffs and be like ah tampa looks a little off their game yeah i mean washington has looked off their game at times oh yeah tampa not so much 
I mean, I, I'm not saying that they've been perfect in these games, but off their game, not really. And Washington has had that tendency to go full Spursy, as I call it, and get to the big moment I mean, and not get the job. I would going. honestly say it's more not not more Spursy. I say it's more Washingtony. Yeah, I just say Spursy all the time. It's just my thing. Yeah, being a good old Tottenham supporter, but yeah, it's just it's it's a, it's that trait of getting to the big moment. And letting it down. Can you see possibly the celebrations that Philadelphia had when the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl this year after they beat the Vikings? Can we see something like that in celebrations in Washington if they win tonight? No. Or is it just the, no, the, the, the Secret breed, Service is going to knock their ass the out? The breed of Philadelphia Eagles fans. <laughs> Forever, my favorite clip is the. Uh, Guy with the eye patch screaming "Big Dick Nick" on uh news on the Philadelphia News Channel. So, you're saying Tampa? Yeah. I'm gonna go Tampa too. Who wins? Right, John Gruden. And how many games? Oh, you're talking about the finals? I, yes. I was like, this is Game Seven, buddy. Yeah. Uh. I'm going to say Vegas in six. If Tampa wins, I'm saying Tampa in six. I'm going to say Vegas in six because I want to see. I want to see the feel good story. I feel good I, about I, it. I mean, regardless, yes or no, if they if they win or don't, it's still an amazing story and it's still one hundred one hundred percent. Yeah. So those are our predictions. For the Hawk, again, you can talk with us about hockey at wide open underscore sports on Twitter. Let us know what you think of them playoffs. This next part is going to be fun. Is it? Ah. NFL policy changes. Yeah, I mean, do we want to start with the kickoff policy? <laughs> why, why don't we go with the worst part? Yeah. No, so I don't know if it's worse or just but I'm, o- I'm over it at this point. That is the- going to dominate the headlines for about the next seven years. Yeah. Well, maybe not that long. It'll, it'll be forgotten okay, shortly. Okay, more like four. But uh, the national anthem policy. So, basically, the new national anthem policy for the NFL being that you have the option now of being able to stay in the locker room for the national anthem. But if your team is sitting during the national anthem, any members of the team, you will be fined. And also the NFL has given the authority to each individual team to create their own punishments for sitting during the national anthem. But it's expected if you're on the field, you're standing, if you don't want to be out there for it, you know, if you're going to sit, you can wait in the locker room. Multiple NFL owners, specifically I saw today the Jets owner, have already spoken out and said, I will pay the fines for each of my players that sit for the national anthem. Interesting. So there's already been some set of opposition to these new policies. What do you think, Rick? Um, I, so this is almost like they're, they're like putting a, a, like a brand, brand new tablecloth over the dirty tablecloth type thing. They're trying to hide the mess, but it's, the mess is still there. They, with the amount of players that are not even going to come out for the national anthem, that's going to look bad. Mm -hmm. Um, just read an update from underdog Chris Long from the Eagles saying that this is not patriotism. This is fear of a diminished bottom line. And there was reports today saying that league sources have told us that the NFL is quote unquote fucking terrified of Donald Trump end quote because of Trump's ability to just tweet out his opposition to the NFL and ruin viewership. Yeah, I mean Trump does have that power somehow, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just like it's it's gonna. I would honestly prefer, like I, I would honestly prefer the kneeling or the sitting 
them being out there. Because, again, then, it's getting back to something we talked heavily about this season as we were doing our podcast through the NFL season, was that the game is going to be about everything but the game. Not only that, I mean, like, there is some sort of, like, spectacle to the National Anthem. Like, it yeah, is... the F-22s flying over, yeah, the fireworks, and... Yeah, there is, there is that spectacle. Now, back in the middle of this season, when the Steelers decide to not come out for the National Anthem and stay in the locker room, besides Al- Alexander Villanueva, that looked horrible. I, I agree with you on that. That, that looked horrible. I, like... It was it was pointless. This is all pointless, and it. I, I'm not saying that it's pointless to stand, kneel, like, not 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 do anything for the national anthem, like all these bullshit ideas people have is the problem, and you're you're right about the fear, but it's the feel fear of recognizing that, mm-hmm. the fear of recognizing that. People are upset with what's going on, and they're trying to hide the upsetness. When, in reality, them staying in the locker room is just going to be... Like a magnifying glass on it. I Exactly. Exactly. Like, this isn't, this isn't changing it. This isn't making it better. This is just, like, what, like... Is, is it fair to say on the street and throw on a on a piece of paper and throwing it away? Yeah, I was gonna say, is it is it fair that we can even argue that this is pouring gasoline onto an open flame in a sense? I like. Do you like? Can you see it getting worse? I, I see. Also, at the same time, I don't see this as being worse. Like this is just like this is like flatlining. Like it's not getting better. It's not getting worse. It's just like a a policy that's there. Right. And it doesn't make it. It makes sense to try to find ways to save, quote unquote, save the NFL. But I mean, it's not really the big thing either. It's more just the like the politics behind it. Because they're so afraid, I feel, of losing all of that viewership too. Because again, the NFL is all about the money. It it should be. It's a business. And like you said earlier, when we were talking about the Raiders, like it literally. Prints money, the NFL. Exactly. You can go wherever. You could be the Browns probably they, they still own, made money this own, year. They own a day of the year or a, a day of the week. They took it away from the church. Yeah, like they they own that. So I mean, I it's not it's not good or bad. It's just stupid. Like there's it's pointless. They should have either if if they really wanted to do something, I honestly I I I think they should have just made it mandatory for them to stand. If they, if they really wanted to prove a point or something. Like I mean, this the is, XFL has done? Yeah, right. Like the X, I mean, yeah, I think the XFL, is that's going to be a mandatory thing. I mean, the NFL is, I I feel like this is a just a sidestep. This isn't a backstep. It's just a sidestep. It's like stepping to the side of the problem, but it's still there. Yeah. I mean, it's not a backstep. It's not It's not forward thinking. It's... Polish a turd. It's still a turd. Exactly. If that's... you can even argue that you've polished the turd. Yeah. So I'm. that's my opinion on it. Want to do kickoff policy now? Yeah, because obviously I feel like, like, like this is just so fresh that we're going to be having a lot of discussions about what the other players are saying because it's literally just dropped a few hours ago. We should, we should do like a thing of like tweets about that whenever that comes up week one. That could definitely happen put it uh, in the cards um kickoffs oh don't scream you're gonna yeah sorry have the cops call on us um more you're gonna burn the eardrums out of our listeners sorry everybody i get excited but uh yeah kickoffs so the kickoff changes the primary change is the elimination of the running start for kickoff coverage teams bush league uh next the requirement of that eight of the 11 men on the return team must be within the alleged setup zone, which is 15 yards of the ball. No blocking within the setup zone until the ball carrier touch touches the ground. I'm sorry. Let me read. Let me reread that. I messed that up. No blocking within the setup zone until after the ball touches the ground. If it is not first caught. Okay. So, so either if it's caught or if it touches the ground, but then if you can't block in the setup area, 
Well, no, I guess it's negated because I was going to say, well, if you can't block, I'm pretty sure the kickoff team is going to be running by your alleged blockers, but then I forgot that the kickoff team doesn't have a running start anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next, the the elimination of the two-man wedge block. Yep, wedge is gone. Uh, and I guess final kickoff team must have five men lined up on either side of the ball, a move that uh, a move that limit the design of free runners down the field. Yeah, because you can do like six v four and you know change so, it up a little bit. I've heard mixed reviews. I've heard some people say it's going to be more exciting, could allow for possibly more returns. But then I saw the stat about the dramatic spike in touchbacks ever since the kick the kick is on the 35 now, correct? Yeah, so I mean that 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 is true. Um but I mean they they're constantly trying to make the game safer. So this is uh all in there to make the game safer. Honestly, after the the whole moving of the ball kicking uh, what was it 2 years ago or last year? I, uh, early a couple years ago, at yeah, least. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. With that, with that move, I mean, I I will say kickoffs aren't as exciting, but this is this is a positive for me because it's just a different element. I get to see something different for this. Because, like you said, with those with those men not being able to run at until the ball is kicked, that is that changes it up completely. That could leave a lot of room for the kick returner. But also at the same time, the blocking has completely changed. So, especially if you can't block within that zone until the ball is caught, like, are you allowed to move back out, or you the the, the eight people have to stay in that zone, right? I'm, I'm just picturing that like everyone has to like be watching the ball and and then turn around type thing. Okay. And like, and if and if a if a runner runs past you and you get in their way a little bit, that's an automatic flag. I, I think I think that's what's gonna come with it. Um, I I don't see it as a bad thing. I mean, this is a hell of a lot better than eliminating kickoffs. Let's start the ball at the twenty. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I never want the kickoff or field goals or punting to ever go away. Uh, second, because um, two things. One, I mean, I think it's just been a crucial element to the game that like a lot of people oversee but it is such a crucial element to the game secondly it would ruin the jobs of many many football players because i mean there's so many specialty positions there i mean Mm -hmm. obviously there's the kicker there's the punter and a lot of players get on the field on special teams yeah exactly player kicker lawn snapper there are players that just go down and block go down and try to tackle the runner like all these players would pretty much lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. So I if for them to get rid of that I think would be ignorant of the NFL. So I think this is a good change. Um I would I wouldn't say I'm indifferent. Like it's it's definitely a better step than their uh than their national anthem policy, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL has done something right. Yeah. Ooh, what? Well, we can we'll, we'll have to see if it's right. Yeah. I, I think it's right, but I don't know. We'll have to jump in. The good news is OTAs yes. are here. The Eagles have released Michael Kendricks and Brian Dawkins has left the organization. What is going on? He was with the organization? Brian Dawkins? Yeah. Yeah, he was in like the front office, but he left his role. What is he doing now? Did he get another job somewhere? It hasn't been announced yet. Hmm. Interesting. At least he was there for the ring. Yeah, good for him. He would have gotten one anyway. Uh, so, with that in the NFL, let's get into the questionable call. We had big news, Rick. Huge news. New Jersey's push for legalized sports betting nationwide has gone through. And now, soon enough, sports betting will be legal. And it's up to the states to decide, and I mean, given that even though you live in Pennsylvania now, you are from New Jersey. Given that the state that we are growing up, that we grown up in, wow, that was great King's English, um, pushed for this legislation. New Jersey is going to have legal sports betting. Not it, yet, not yet. 
Did, did you yeah. read? Yes, we got we got very excited here at the Wide Open Sports Cast because Mammoth Park had already set their sport, sports um, book up, and they were going to begin on Memorial Day, which is Monday. So that would have been amazing, but Governor Phil the Murph Murphy said that they will not rush into it because they want to create legislation first because New Jersey Which feels as if they, I see where they're coming from because they are saying like, look, guys, if we're going to be the first in this, we made the big push and we got the Supreme Court and the federal government to get rid of this ban. If we're going to pave the road and set the way for everyone else, let's do it right. So they're going to create the legislation and create basically how they're going to do it before they pump it out, other than Mammoth Raceway, which good for them because they've been struggling for so long. I was reading earlier about a, um, a group of people who actually took a risk at Mammoth Park and they did like a $3 million renovation of a bar in there, banking on the fact that legalized sports would, um, sports betting would happen. And they would be able to open a sports book there. And wow, did that risk pay off. Yeah. Um, what do you think the greater effect of sports legalization of betting will be on the industry as our questionable call of the week? Well, I, I think to cover that, I think I, I, probably the, the big thorn in, in legalized sports betting would have to be the risk of uh, premeditated games. Like, pre, like people... Like, uh, what am I looking for? Paying players to throw games and shit. Ah, match I, fixing. Match fixing. Thank you. Yep. I, uh, there is that risk now, especially in American sports. I mean, the NBA had it before it was even talked about. The well, yeah. Legalizing. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it, it has been a thing and it's been in college before. It's been the NBA. And Pete Rose. Pete Rose. But I... I think the the big the big 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 uh, like effect of legalizing is going to be the revitalization of watching sports. I, I think this is going to bring a lot back because uh, a lot of people are saying the legalization of sports betting would actually bring a lot lot more attention back to NASCAR. Just NASCAR. I itself. could easily see that. Just the NASCAR itself. Now think of that. If NASCAR is one of the lower totem pole sports in America, we we can say that. Think about it with NA, NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB. I'll throw MLS in there. Like, it's going to bring back people co- going back, sitting on their couches to watch these games. Now, would they be cheering for the specific team for the entire season? Maybe not. Maybe they'll find that later down the line. Maybe people will just be looking to try to find a quick buck. What I think what's going to happen is the ratings, TV ratings especially, are going to skyrocket. Because I, you were using the example of NASCAR. I can easily see like how we do horse racing today. Be like, okay, Chase Elliott, so and so, you know, five to one odds winning this race today. Or I mean, that they, that is the thing in Vegas. Like, and, and they get really when I was in England. Um, watching soccer, there's like sports books on every corner. And they have signs posted outside. So, for example, when I was in Liverpool and Raheem Sterling was still on the team, everything was like Liverpool to score first, so-and-so odds. Raheem Sterling Sterling scores the first goal tonight, so-and-so odds. Like, you can go a lot of different directions with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, even with like the uh, the questionably legal online gambling sites I've used before, FanDuel and well, no, not no, not FanDuel. Oh no, they, they no something else. No, no something else. Uh, I mean, they've had <laughs> like live betting and uh, things like that. No, FanDuel and DraftKings. That's not betting. Yeah, it's <laughs> just playing for money. Lol. But shows uh, my knowledge about sports betting. I'm gonna have some reading up to do, people. Yeah, you are. But uh, I mean. If if it does that, what I'm predicting, I mean that'll be good for every sport, even if, even if it helps a little bit, it's gonna earn them some sort of revenue through ads and stuff. How do you think the individual sports are gonna handle it? Not so much the states, because we saw what New Jersey's gonna do. What do you think the sports themselves are gonna do? Um, I mean they're definitely gonna be more cautious of like 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 I said before, like uh, premeditated game stuff, but. 
it's that's like kind of hard to predict. So I mean, it's it's been it's legal. Just, it's groundbreaking. It's yeah. brand new. It's brand new. It's been legal in Nevada. So I mean, they've had the like books for every sport in Nevada before. Um, it's just gonna expand from here. Uh, I don't think any or any league is gonna be doing anything to take away from it. Because, like I said, I can Why see... Why would you? Exactly. Why would you? But they have to be very cautious to see if a player is throwing a game or if a ref is throwing a game, like it was in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So they just got to be more aware of that. I mean, they I'm sure they've been aware of that before, but they've got to be exponentially more aware of that. And ask, so, the, uh, ask the NCAA with FBI probes how yeah. that's probably going to work out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole another beast yeah. right there. But I think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to actually learning how to bet on sports and yeah. understand what a line is. And it took me till watching the Eagles in the playoffs. I always thought, like, the negative, so, like, you know, the minus 3.5. Was I always bad. thought that that was bad. And when I saw Patriots minus 4.5, or it wasn't, it was before the Super Bowl, I saw Eagles minus 4.5. Against um or no they were the underdogs for that Atlanta was negative four point five, and I was like oh wow the Eagles are uh, favored by four point five and my one colleague was like no, the Falcons are the favorite and I was like but they have a negative sign, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to learning how to do it. Well good luck with that. Thank you. And with that let's jump into our final drive. Let's, Yay! I'll let you start with the first one here, Feds. I'm going to try not to yell that much into the microphone, but we are 22 days away from the World Cup. I can't wait. Uh, we were on the phone earlier with a few of our buddies figuring out what bars we're going to be going to to watch the games. Um, Funny story, even though really not that funny when you think about it. The Argentine Football Association, who obviously is in charge, the governing body of the Argentine national team, apologized to the world for printing a World Cup brochure for citizens of Argentina going to the World Cup, telling them how to seduce and catcall and attract Russian women. What the fuck? And they <laughs> said it was a misprint. Right. Yeah, let's go. That with was that was that. that was that was the water cooler talk that got to the brochure. Yeah. <laughs> and the other part there is that team Russia, even though we all know that they were banned from the Olympics and they had the Olympic athletes of Russia, the Russian national soccer team has been cleared of all doping charges for the FIFA World Cup. But there is still a ban in a interesting story on Peru captain Apollo Guerrero who was suspended and banned by FIFA for a year for cocaine. Hmm. Something along those lines. And the captains of Australia, Yedinak, the captain of France, none other than Tottenham's own Hugo Lloris, the goalie, and Captain Kajer of Denmark, who are the teams in the same group as Peru, who will be competing against them in the World Cup. Those three captains of Kajer, Loris, and Yedinak asked FIFA in a letter to allow Guerrero to play in an act of sportsmanship, but FIFA denied his request. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, FIFA has been, I, like, has had some bad blood, or not bad blood, but bad, uh, how am I trying to say? Just, just evil organization. Yes, <laughs> evil organization before, but I mean, I, I not, I, I don't disagree with them not letting him play. I mean, they have to stick to something, and if they're going to try to improve their image, they're going to have to do something like this. Yeah. So I, I don't disagree with that. Next, the Champion League finals are this Saturday. Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Good luck, Rick. Let's go Liverpool, baby. I will be watching in a bar in Baltimore, hoping for it. Definitely, I I want Liverpool to win. I've said it last week. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Real Madrid knows they're going against some tough competition at front three of Salah, Mane, and Firmino. I think will cause Real Madrid trouble. But it's like LeBron in the finals. Can you bet against Cristiano Ronaldo in a Champions League final? Yes, you can. I, I will be. Um... Rick, I saw this on Saturday, and I was laughing hysterically. What were your thoughts on Post Malone performing at the Preakness Stakes? I, I mean, that's like 
That's it. I feel like that's just two worlds collide. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, I, I'm going back to NASCAR, but NASCAR is like starting to play like all EDM with like a lot of their promotions now. Yeah. It's like them trying to get away from their like country boy image, which in a way they should to go to a different demographic. But it's just odd. It, it's like mis. It's out of place. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, who else is gonna perform at a at a horse race? Is there? There's no like. Is anyone? No, no, there, there is. I think there should be, yeah. but I mean, like, there's no, like, set rule on that. I mean, same with NASCAR, but it's just always been like a country boy type. And thing. it's funny too, cause you bring up IndyCar. Um, the Indy 500 has a EDM concert in the pit before the show starts. Think Last year they had Martin Garrix. Two years ago they had Hardwell. They bring in all these different DJs and they do a rave before the race starts. Well, a lot of these big tracks now are like throwing like these giant parties like either in the infield or in the outfield now uh trying not in the outfield and out outside the track trying to uh like bring in fans i mean because like part of the spectacle of sports including uh i actually read this the other day mlb stadiums millennials don't necessarily go to see the state uh go see the baseball game anymore they go to just hang out so like you, a lot people, you go into Citizens Bank Park and they have like a wiffle ball field right there when you walk in. Yeah, so like it's more of an entertainment thing. It's not necessarily to watch a game thing until like the playoffs. Well, the Brewers were there ahead of that. They had the slide. Isn't it's isn't only, the, it was only for the mascot? Yeah, it's only still, the mascot. I would have found a way to go down it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rick, what you got next? I know you're gonna like this one. Yeah, the XFL has come out with its online store. Go buy some merch and support the new football league that will hopefully not fuck up football like NFL has done for a few years now. They promise that they're going to change that. Yeah, let's see about that. What you got next? Danica Patrick will race her final Indy 500. Yeah, I mean, it's like an end of an era type thing, but... I would say that. They're also, in, in my opinion, it's a very old Say. She's not that great of a racer. She, she won one. Anything in she she no she barely did anything. She got she she wrecked her her and she wrecked a lot. But I mean, a lot of them weren't her fault. It's just because she wasn't that good of a racer. She that got she's in like the middle of the pack. Yeah, she's not with the best drivers. Yeah. She, like her biggest achievement in NASCAR was she her, in her rookie year she got the pole for the Daytona 500. I mean that's still pretty amazing. But it's not the most that that of like a career highlight in NASCAR. That's not the most impressive thing. At least in IndyCar, and she nearly she won, won. and she nearly won the Indy 500 once, I believe. Uh, I think she came pretty close. She she may have gotten like fourth or fifth, but yeah, like that, nothing too 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 close. But uh, I mean, she she's done a lot for the sport of racing, but I mean, it's also been a lot of overrated stuff in my opinion. What you got next? Up next, Justify wins the Preakness and will race for the coveted Triple Crown at the Belmont Stakes. You know, I honestly thought the chances of a horse getting the Triple Crown again in my lifetime would never happen. I mean, it still may not happen, but I mean, Justify dominated that in that foggy-ass race. Yeah, you couldn't even see where the horses were. Uh, what's funny, uh, the jockey that was on Justify... Uh, a lot of the other racers, they, they pack multiple goggles because, like, the dirt flying up. Uh, a lot of the other racers packed, like, six or seven goggles. Uh, that jockey only packed three because <laughs> he was just like, I know I'm going to win. Jesus, take the wheel. Exactly. Uh, next, ESPN looks like they will put their put their uh, place and take away UFC from Fox Sports. Interesting. Power I mean, move. Uh, I mean... ESPN, I, I think that would be a good move for ESPN. Even though I was, I will say, UFC isn't hasn't been looking as good for a few for a few months now. But it still would be a better thing to be on ESPN. Free McGregor than what they usually have. What you got next? Uh, just like when they looked like they were finally going away. Leangelo Ball has open practice in front of NBA scouts and none other than the Godfather of the fall family himself, Don LaVar. We yeah. finally thought they were going away. Yeah, oh well. Next, in fall of 2019, WWE SmackDown will be moving to Fox. Well, that's a big one for you. Yeah, I mean, 
Smack it's it's a big move because it could revitalize the brand of SmackDown because it's always been the number two to WWE Raw. So I think that'd be a good thing for them. And then uh, I'll cover the last one. Joey Betts. Joe Batista to the Mets. The Mets. I uh, very mixed opinions on that. I mean, wasn't he batting like fifth last night? He, yeah, I mean he got a double. But I mean, do we need age on our team more? I and he's obviously been run out of Toronto. He got ran out of the Braves. Now he got signed by the Mets. I mean, if he does something there, then good. We'll I mean, come on. Here. You have such young, talented players in your minor league system like Tim Tebow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we actually do have young, talented uh, players, not just Tim Tebow. I will say that. But, I mean, yeah, he's probably the biggest name there. But, anyway, that's our show. Yeah. Thank Ted. you again for listening in, everybody. We will be back. We're going to have our World Cup preview show coming so soon. All right. Well, hopefully we'll enjoy that. And I'm Rick. I'm Feds. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WideOpen underscore sports. And make sure you follow along with us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well so you can get the show right to your phone. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do you believe these guys are our future leaders in America? Thank you so very much. For all the appreciation and all the great moments that we've experienced together. You stay classy. That's all, folks.